gods of the theater, smile on us. You who sit up there, stern in judgment, smile on us. You who look down on actors. And who doesn't? Bless this yearly festival and smile on us. We offer Welcome to episode 12 of Thespis in the Green Room. We are your hosts, Bruce and Melanie. Hello. Hello. It's good to be back with you. So, here we are. This week... What is it, Melanie? What is this week? What was this week? Hamilton. Hamilton arrived at the Peace Center. Yes. So it's become a fever pitch all week of Hamilton activity. Yes. It's been right. quite incredible. And it was quite quite the weekend. It really for was. theater goers. Yeah. Because the show... Okay. For those who don't know, who aren't in the upstate, this past weekend, we had wintry mix. Yes. We had some ice, some snow. Accumulation. And here in... The Greenville Spartanburg area down here in the south. Mm -hmm. We don't really know how to process that. No, no. <laughs> everything shuts down, everything stops, everything cancels, everything closes, except theater. Because except, when a tour well, comes through, well, some theaters, yeah. but when a tour comes through, a national tour comes through, and the cast members are all, of course, positioned downtown and ready to rock and roll. The show must go on, as the they show say. Must go and on. so, you know, it's just expected that everyone's going to come, you know. And if you can't come, well, you're kind of SOL, yes. I guess. <laughs> you lose your money. Yes, There's you no do. refunds. Yeah. All sales are final. That's right. So, yeah. And so the Peace Center, you know, they're really good about trying to, to, to accommodate folks. But with a show like this and with the demand and all that, it's it's just not the same. They haven't been able to be as maybe accommodating as they can be with other shows because there's just been such high demand and shows have been sold out. And there's just very little wiggle room for them to sure. make changes for folks if they can't make it and based on the weather. And so, yeah, if you didn't come, sorry, you know. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah. So we had that because we had tickets uh, on the worst, the worst possible performance mm -hmm. to try to get to, I think was the one that we yes. had tickets for, yep. which was the Sunday afternoon because we yeah. had all the activity, the weather activity from the night Overnight, before right. and then still, you know, the remnants, of course, it's all still there and it's still happening. I mean, there was still some right. sleet and, and rain and all that kind of thing happening. Sure. And so, yeah, that was probably the hardest one. And that was hardest actually for staffing of the Peace Center as well. I mean, we had all the vice presidents out there shoveling snow. It was great really? to see us. They is were all what, out there. Is that who was yep, out there? Yeah, they were all out there doing their thing. And, and yeah, it just shows what a community, you know, they are mm -hmm. and how dedicated they are and wanting to see the show successful and everybody be safe and all that. So, yeah, you know, and we worked kind of short front of house to a certain degree. Actually, we really didn't because people just stepped up and I brought four people with me. I picked them up on the road. To, oh, wow. I, you know, I from New York. So driving in this mess doesn't really bother me. Although in New York, they cleared the roads, you know. Right, right. <laughs> but um, so it wasn't it wasn't too horrible horribly bad to get in and i'm fairly close so so yeah so it worked out well people kind of stepped up and and it was great and really the attendance was still quite incredible it for was a sold out house yeah, is yeah. about 2055 people for this particular production and we had close to 1700 so you know oh, really you missing that yeah, really not missing that many for a weather related you know delay or right, what have you right. for for folks yeah yeah, it was pretty, it was full. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't see. And it felt full. I mean, if, right. you know, that kind of right. house still feels very, very full. Absolutely. Yeah. And the show was, of course, fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I got to say, I was yeah. a little skeptical. I'm one of those ones, you know, on the fence, you know, because everybody that's listened to it, they're, they're loving it and can't wait for it and all that. Kind of, and I was looking forward to it, but I was not sure how I'd, you know, if mm -hmm. I'd really enjoy it as much. But I got to say, I was kind of enwrapped from the start. I mean, I, I didn't really want to take my eyes off the stage because there was so much happening with, with regard to the the staging and the lighting and of course the characters and the storytelling and the 
you know, choreography and all of those things. Um, it just really kept your focus and, uh, and I truly, truly enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I was skeptical at first before when I first started hearing all the hype, uh -huh. I was like, Oh, really? Right. Is yeah. it really this phenomenal? <laughs> Is it really? And then I started, this was when I was still in London, uh -huh. I started listening to the cast recording. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, okay, yeah, all right. Hmm. I was getting into it. And then I got a little bit more attached to it as I kept listening right. to it and kept investigating it. And I watched a couple of documentaries on the making of it. And mm -hmm. I watched some interviews. And I did a little homework on it. And right. I got more and more into it and invested in yeah, it. Yeah, sure. And, and started to see some of the craft that went into, sure. into creating the piece. Yeah. And then I saw it. In London, by the and by the time I saw it in London, I was very excited. I was going to say you're pretty invested in that. I was, point, I probably. was very invested in that point. You spent some time, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was one of those people when tickets went on sale because because this is going to get sold out. Mm -hmm. I mean, New York has been ridiculous. Try right. to get a ticket, and you absolutely. Is and London was projected to be the same. Of course, it was. So I was one of those people that was online, ready to go when they released tickets. The oh, first, wow. The okay. first round of tickets in, in London. So I was there. At my so computer. it had just arrived there. So I hadn't been there. This was the first go round for them. Right. Okay. So this was this was a year ago. Okay. It was a, a year ago this month okay. um, that I saw it in London. Uh, so And I saw one of the final previews right before the official opening night. Oh, nice. So, Did you get a better deal? No. No. Oh. <laughs> no, not with Gee, this show. Please. Okay. Please. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a cheap ticket, mm -hmm. but it wasn't completely insane. I right. didn't feel like I need to needed to sell a kidney to go. <laughs> so, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't it was doable. Sure. Um, sure. It for I wouldn't have paid that for probably other shows. Right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> for this one, I was like, okay, right. I'll pony up this this amount. So, yeah, so I saw it in London, uh, and by the time I was ready to see it, I was very excited to see it. And then seeing it in person, it just took it to a whole nother level right. for me because right. there is so much. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can get so much out of the cast recording. You mm -hmm. can get so much out of doing all that studying that you can do at home, right. watching the clips, watching the documentaries, all that stuff. But there's something about seeing the show, the staging, the choreography. The lighting, mm -hmm. the things you can't get from listening to the cast recording. Right. Mm -hmm. And the all of it together. Oh, my gosh. I Then I understood. I understood yeah. why this was... Uh, <laughs> well, that's good. That's good that you understood. Yeah. yeah. It was, well, it was, it's quite the phenomenon. And I understand even better why yeah. after seeing it. And so I was very excited to get to see it again. Yeah. Well, I, I looked forward to it, and I, like I said, I was was pleasantly surprised because I'm I'm not a fan of some of the styles of music that mm -hmm. might be part of it, but it was really um, well done with the storytelling, and so mm. you know you can kind of you can get on board and just kind of enjoy the whole piece, you know, from that. And then there's just just some really gorgeous melodic pieces throughout it. Oh that gosh, you, yeah, that's, and that's a pet peeve of mine, uh, and I I understand why they they have to. People call it the hip hop musical. Yeah, I and it is. It yeah, has guess. that in there, but that is not all. No, there are so many different styles of music mm -hmm. that are represented. and dance too. Because even right. when I, when they talked about this, you know, being the, like you said, the hip hop musical, I expected more. Maybe I was thinking gangster hip hop. I don't know, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I was expecting more this blatant type of hip hop type of movement that I didn't really see. I mean, I saw some moves, and it just flowed with so many different styles. I think that they incorporated that it, it didn't just stand out like this is hip hop. You know what right. I mean? To you me, you didn't I, feel like you were watching a music video. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. 
It's a theatrical piece yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and it just it, it, there's so many nods. And if you if you watch some of the documentary films, Lin Manuel Miranda, the creator behind all this, mm-hmm. he wrote the music, the books, the lyrics, and he starred in it on Broadway. He talks about how he used different styles of music to represent different things. Mm-hmm. So he chose hip hop for Alexander Hamilton because Alexander Hamilton was a words guy. Oh, he right. was a, a he, wordsmith. He was yeah. a wordsmith and yeah. he wrote like the Dickens. Well, yeah. They, and they reference it, of course, throughout the piece, you know, the yeah. amount of essays that he wrote with regards to the subject matter, you know, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a word guy and yeah. hip hop allows you more words per minute mm-hmm. than just about any other style gotcha. of music. Yeah. So in order to get all the information and in the voice of somebody who's a wordsmith like Alexander Hamilton, mm-hmm. that seemed like the perfect fit. And oh. I think he was bang on. You know, that. I think you're right. When you say that, I didn't put that in perspective. But somebody did tell me also that if this was spoken at the regular speed of dialogue, that it would take Ugh. six hours, six and a half hours. We'd still be there. Yeah. It's quite <laughs> incorrect. Right. So, yeah, it, it is amazing how much they are fitting it in that how with regards to Alexander Hamilton and, and yeah. his writings and his wordiness that um that they would do this and be able to get it all in within yeah. the, i mean because it's still kind of a long show in a way but I mean, not crazy long i mean it's about a two and a half hour show to two hours, 250 with the you know intermission. The official running time right. two so, hours 45 minutes with intermission. with an inter- intermission right so, so so that's not outrageous but no. um but it is a little longer than you know some broadway shows that are running at the moment are but um right. But yeah. Just to carry on with the music conversation, other styles of music that you find in there, he chose for King George. Mm-hmm. He chose British Invasion influenced mm-hmm. music. Yeah. So it's got that a Beatles sound. It does. Sound it does have it. that sound to it. Exactly. So he purposely chose that to for, represent, yeah. To represent the British representative, the king. And he chose jazz for Thomas Jefferson. Mm -hmm. And he chose jazz for Thomas Jefferson, who opens Act Two Mm -hmm. with a big number. What have I missed? Jazz number. Because jazz was a predecessor to hip-hop. Okay. And Thomas Jefferson is a little behind what current affairs are in the colonies. Sure. Yeah, he comes in like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Right. Because he's been away. He's been over in Paris. So he's a little behind the curve on... What's happening? So he he chose jazz to represent this guy who's maybe a little bit behind the current happenings, mm-hmm. which are represented by the hip hop music. That's great. So I mean, you got there was serious thought in this, and mm-hmm. there's references to Gilbert and Sullivan and yep. Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yep, there is. There's, I mean, all through this, uh-huh. even Shakespeare gets some reference yep. in there. Yep, um, absolutely. So. So we've just finished our first week of Hamilton here in Greenville, mm-hmm. and we have another eight performances starting tomorrow night. So we got another week of, of new folks all coming in, excited to see the show. And we've got some exciting stuff today in our show that directly corresponds to Hamilton. It does. We have a wonderful interview with Carly Ferreira, who's a local gal from Greenville. She moved here as a young child and grew up here and did some performing and is a wonderful dancer. Her mom's a, a choreographer and, and dancer and performer and director and all that kind of thing as well here in the upstate. And we've got a chance to sit down with Carly because she is in the Chicago production of Hamilton. She is. Yeah, she is situated there in Chicago and she's a, a co-dance captain and she's a swing and uh, yeah, so we had a chance to sit down and, and ask her about Hamilton and it just seemed to be a perfect time to do that with it being here in Greenville this week. Yeah, we had a Skype conversation conversation with her. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of cool that we were able to catch up with her and she spent some time with us to ask, let us ask her all sorts of questions. Right. So she's in the Chicago production of Hamilton and mm-hmm. that is a resident company. Right. 
It sits there. Yeah, it's it's resident. It sits there. It, <laughs> it stays, stays there. It's, there. It's, it's not per- moving. Permanently. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this happens sometimes with really successful Broadway shows uh-huh. is they establish, in other major cities, they right. establish a resident company mm-hmm. that doesn't tour. Right. They're there, and you can go to Chicago and see the right. show. It's like going to New York or Toronto right. or what have you. You know, those major cities. Yeah, right. absolutely. So that is the company that Carly is part of, mm. and it was – she. I think she's just at the beginning of her Hamilton journey in yeah. Chicago. So, yeah. um, but it's very exciting because she's got a lot of responsibility. She is a swing and an understudy. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to, before we get into the interview, go over what that means. What that means. Because yeah. not everybody knows what all these different things do and are. And yep. she talks about her track or mm-hmm. the tracks that she has to learn. So, a track is everything that is associated with a particular role in a show. Mm -hmm. So that includes all the movement on stage, the choreography, the blocking, all the lines, all the vocal parts. Mm -hmm. Every character basically has a track. So, I mean, no matter what. So if she has to understudy multiple tracks, she's got to learn multiple parts, meaning she learns multiple choreographies, you know, for uh, for that particular, for each role. Um, Again, like you said, the music, she learns the vocal parts. To me, that would be the most challenging. Oh, my gosh, Tonight I'm singing the alto well, part yeah, on like, this song, I know. and tomorrow night I'm singing the soprano part on this song. That, that's crazy. <laughs> Just what? Yeah. Yeah. Who so. am I tonight? You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. talk about being schizophrenic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just, you really and have to... It includes the backstage traffic as well. Right. When we say the backstage traffic, we mean where you move backstage, because mm-hmm. sometimes that includes perhaps moving some scenery or props around. Or a costume change. A costume mm-hmm. change, yep. or making sure you're right. A different entrance. Different oh my entrance. gosh. So that's what a track is. Mm-hmm. It's all those things that are associated with a particular You have role. to be young to learn all tracks. <laughs> I mean, I just know even when I did a show once and I felt so terrible, I came in because I always entered from the same place. I got mixed up of what when I was coming in because I came into the same place. Where I was like, what scene am I in? Because you're always entering the same place multiple times. And it's like, uh-oh. You know, so that can happen. I can't imagine learning a whole different character that you have to then learn their movement. But, but she's young, so there you go. And let's break down a little bit the words understudy, standby, and swing. Mm-hmm. Because they they kind of sound like the same thing, but they're right, kind of not. Definitely not. Yep. <laughs> and a lot of it has to do with the language that is in the performer's contract. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to a legal... And it comes down to pay, too. You get paid different yeah. scale yeah. for it. And you get credited differently. Yeah. So an understudy is someone who has a small part in the show. Mm-hmm. They typically have a smaller cameo role, an ensemble role, but they learn a larger part, like the lead or a secondary character. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that they can fill in for that right. character. So if they're that... around and mm-hmm. they can play that part if the lead actor is out sick. A standby is not in the show unless called upon. Right. So they learn a part, typically a lead or a secondary character. And they're part. just there hanging around. You're right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so they're not on stage. They don't perform every night, mm-hmm. but they're standing by in case yes, they, they need, need to, to, yeah. to jump Which on stage. Which is interesting. You wonder why you have a standby when you have understudies. Why not have understudies? You know? I, I don't know. Just, you know. Because I think that might also have to do with the swing situation. Okay, this is <laughs> so true. That's yep. the ne- next, yep. That is another level. So swings are people who cover the ensemble parts, and they typically learn multiple parts. Like Carly, they have many, many tracks to learn, and they're there to swing in. Right. So if somebody who is an ensemble has to step up and be the lead that night because they're an understudy, yeah. then there's a hole in the ensemble, and a swing can come in and right. take it over that ensemble part. Yep. So it's a it's kind of a domino effect. Yeah. 
So you kind of have to figure that out if somebody's going to be out and who's going to be out and, you know, when are they going to be out? If you know in advance if it's a planned uh, vacation or or time away Mm -hmm. versus sick. Right, which would be last minute. There there were some understudies and swings and standbys going on this weekend at Peace Center because some of the actors were trapped yeah because get get of the, yeah, of the weather yeah they weren't they prepared they weren't close by and right. so they were held up by the snow and ice and so on yeah. they were they weren't staying right next to the theater they right. were staying elsewhere so mm-hmm. hard to get in yeah so that's kind of to help explain the differences between understudy standby swing and carly is a swing mm-hmm. and she's a co-dance captain yeah. so then she also has to learn all the choreography she has to learn all the female <laughs> they typically broadway shows have a a female co-dance captain and a male co-dance mm-hmm. captain. And the female will learn all the women's mm-hmm. dance right. parts. And right. the male will learn all the male dance right. parts. And that's a lot of information. It sure is. Because yeah. <laughs> you got to teach it. As co-dance captain, you're there to maintain the integrity of the choreography. Of the original make, choreography. Make that's sure correct. it's mm-hmm. still being done, done the, way the correct that way. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you're also the teacher. Mm-hmm. When you get new company members, it's up to you to teach them the routines. Yeah. So... She's got a big job. She got a huge I mean, it, job. And a, I mean, it, and she's just loving it, I guess. I mean, you'll, as you'll see through the interview, she's <laughs> yeah. just, yeah, feeling really blessed. I mean, she's got a, a great job. It's a dream job. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. So. Without much further ado. Well, let's listen to get into, Let's yeah. let her explain all this. Yeah. Go Sounds good idea. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. To King's College. I probably shouldn't brag, but dag, I'm amazing, astonished. The problem is a lot, a lot of brain. Carly Ferreira is a choreographer and triple threat actor, dancer, singer from Greenville, South Carolina. She is known in the upstate for her work with the Greenville Little Theater, South Carolina Children's Theater, and many other performance groups in the region. Her national credits include the North American tour of Disney's Aladdin, the first national tour of In the Heights, and appearances on television's Glee and Amazon's Mozart in the Jungle. Most recently, Carly has joined the Chicago company of the history-making, history-telling smash hit Hamilton. <laughs> Carly, welcome to Thespis in the Green Room, and thank you for joining us. Hi, I'm so excited. <laughs> Carly, we of course want to start talking about the Holy Grail of shows, but before we do, <laughs> take us back to your days in Greenville. As I understand it, you are originally from New Jersey, but you were pretty young when you moved to Greenville. Well, I was I was nine. We moved to South Carolina. My dad moved down to start a new job. So as soon as we got here, I, I got involved in um, the children's theater. My first show was, I think it was uh, The Wizard of Oz. As, as everyone's, I think. Right, right, right. So <laughs> my first show and my first show in South Carolina. So <laughs> how old were you when you started dancing? Uh, I was three when I officially started taking dance, but my mom and dad used to call me the singing frog (laughs) (laughs) when I was little because I I literally was dancing and singing every moment of the day. Like I loved all of it. You know, I saw my mom doing all of that as well. So I just, you know, wanted to be like her. (laughs) Well, speaking of your mom and your mom is Kimberly Ferreira and she's well known in the upstate too as a director and choreographer. And of course she has a background in performance as well. And I think she's worked at nearly every theater in the region. (laughs) It seems like, you know, (laughs) and in fact, Melanie, Melanie and I first met on a show that she choreographed and we had to do this kind of 
duet um, that included a partner dance ballroom style. And she, your mom was so good to us. She was. <laughs> super patient because I am not a dancer. It as am my... I. As am I not as well. I mean, I, we all want to. In our minds, we think, you know, we want to be able to do this. But, you know, it doesn't always kind of go that way. But your mom has a, <laughs> such a knack of making the inexperienced dancer look good, you yeah. know, on, on stage. And she, she did that for yeah, us. That's for, for sure. sure. For sure. <laughs> that's honestly her superpower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I definitely th- think so. So how I know she's influenced you, but tell us a little bit of how she's influenced your your path. Well, I mean, since the beginning, she's always been very encouraging and very supportive of whatever it was that I wanted to do. She never forced me to do to do dance. She always said that I'll put her in dance when she when she asks me. And of course, three years old and I'm begging her to go dance <laughs> at a class. But really, it was she was my dance teacher as well. Uh-huh. So I don't think I would have gotten where I am without her influence on me with with her teaching style, with her choreography style, with her superhuman strength of making anything, anybody look like an experienced dancer. Um, and I, I do carry that with me, just her her passion for everything. And she really she puts all of her heart and soul into what she is doing. And that's honestly why I think her choreography turns any show so amazing is, is because of that. She is my best friend and she's definitely my, my hero. Oh, has she seen your show yet? <laughs> she has. She got to see me debut a track in September. <laughs> so it was very exciting. Her and my dad and my aunt and uh, my fiance, now fiance, was there to see me for, debut a track. It was amazing. It was very surreal having them in the audience. So I you bet. knew you knew that you were going to be performing. It wasn't kind of a last minute thing, so they could kind of plan to come, or how how did that work oh, out? It was tricky <laughs> um, because they don't unless a a a scheduled personal day or vacation. I usually don't know when I'm going on. Right. But with learning new tracks, um, this company and it's different in all companies. When a new person learns the track, they will um, have their they're put in with the cast that's a non-performance and then they will um, it's called a swing out when they'll take that ensemble member out of the show the following week to um, put you in there just so you can like debut your track Mm -hmm. so I I knew that I was learning a new track and I had to put it at this day and I I let my company manager know that uh, I potentially had family in town and if I had a day that I could potentially go on (laughs) that would be fantastic yeah we have honestly the best stage managers and the best company behind the scenes so they were they're very willing to make you know things like that happen especially knowing that our families are not with us all the time because we're sure not there yeah we did kind of plan ahead (laughs) yeah well that's cool can you tell us a little bit about how you got established? How did that journey happen? I actually um, moved to Los Angeles mm-hmm. after I graduated um, from high school. I thought I was going to do more of the commercial dance route. New York is Broadway and theater, and L.A. has theater as well, but it's more of the industry, the, the music videos, the movies, the yeah. film. So I thought that's what I wanted to do. Um, I mean, I still did theater. I still loved theater, but my, my mind was set on commercial dance. I ended up booking my first professional job was the music man at a theater out there. So, and it really just snowballed from there. I I kept booking theater more, more and more. I mean, I I still did a couple movies and, and film, which is so much fun. And I'm very glad I had those experiences, but 
theater was always the constant, not in the background, but that, that was paying my bills, <laughs> you right. know? So I, I had made the decision while living in LA that I wanted to move to New York. I wanted to, you know, try, try Broadway. I knew that's where my heart was. I knew that's where I wanted to be. And I, um, had made a decision before I even auditioned for In the Heights out there, which I ended up booking from LA to go on the first national tour of Heights. So that brought me back to New York because I had to go there for rehearsal. So I made the decision and then the universe said, well, here you go. (laughs) Let's go. So yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. That's exciting. That's kind of cool. So it was, uh, it was, Greenville to L.A. to New York. Greenville to L.A. to New York, back to Greenville and back to New York. So In the Heights, tell us about that tour. Was that your first national tour? Yes, that was my first touring show I ever did. It was my first equity show that I had been in, and it was a whirlwind as well. Um, It was also my first time swinging a show and working with Andy Blankenbuehler and meeting the whole creative team of Hamilton. Yeah, it was crazy. I moved to New York. I was there for a month learning the show. I, They didn't put me up. I had my own like moving stipend to move there. I had kind of never been in the city. I had no idea where anything was, but I was learning this, you know, amazing Broadway show. And I was technically a vacation swing in the Broadway company while I was learning. So I like had my Broadway credit, even though I didn't get to perform on the stage. That was awesome kind of surreal of like awesome I, I like I have this round of credit but I, but I haven't done the show yet I don't <laughs> have the show yet you know and it was 10 to 6 every day of learning salsa learning all of the choreography with the show so it was very intense and I was very young at the time and me and my my friend joke that we we were hiding together and we we cried together before we um had our first put in you know behind the set terrified and not knowing if we could do it like really we're so excited to be here but I don't know if I can do this so it it was definitely a learning experience I feel like I got thrown in head first into the whole professional game at that moment (laughs) wow sink or swim right (laughs) here's the deep end go right in you know How long was the tour? Was it a, a six, nine month, 12 month type of gig? Or? They had been on the road for about a year when I joined and it ran for another eight months. So I kind of hopped in the last leg of the tour and which honestly was the best leg because we, we got to go to Puerto Rico um, with the show and Lynn came back and um, reprised his role as Usnavi. So we got to um, yeah be there in Puerto Rico, which is kind of what's about to happen with, with Hamilton. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it was great. It was fun. It was honestly like one of the the best experiences of my professional career. I bet. So I guess you met Lynn. Yeah, yeah. That's yes. great. That's yeah. and to be in his show, and then mm-hmm. and then in his next show <laughs> with uh, to be working with the actual creator. That is quite a moment, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Lynn, Lynn wasn't the Lynn we know today. Then you know. Yeah. <laughs> He is still the same and still like amazing person and so goofy and humble. But yeah, it was, it's it's very weird to like see your friends have a star on the Hollywood walk. <laughs> very surreal, but it's very it's very cool to see awesome people succeeding and yeah. sharing. And he's had a couple of hits now. I mean, this is you know he's got these two <laughs> these two great hits. It's just amazing to have that. Not not very many people have that, you know. Right, and both both were in the Heights was groundbreaking in and of itself. Right. Not quite as earth shaking as Hamilton has been, but right. still, I yeah. mean, it's got a place in history as well. Yeah, so he's, he's 
amazing work coming out of Lin-Manuel Miranda. So what was your experience moving to New York? After the tour ended, I moved to the city officially. Okay. And, you know, I was new to the city. I was new to the, the union. I was new to the, the whole dance community, which is can be a blessing because, you know, new to casting as well. Like this new person is coming in and they're always, always love when new fresh people come. But it's also like, we don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? Like you kind of have to prove yourself when you get out there. But so it it was a very it was very tough. It was very tough, and I I think that's the one thing that people don't always prepare you for as a student or as a kid is the there's a lot of rejection and it gets oh, yeah. really hard, <laughs> you know. And if you're you're not secure and in who you are as a performer and who you are as a person, it can really get to you. And it happens to the best of us. But I was there for two years auditioning and I've got really close to a really lot of great things. I've, I had got to have a lot of great experiences, but I, two years in, I, I made the decision that I, I needed to come home for a little bit. There was an opportunity at the studio that I grew up at, Upstate Carolina Dance Center. Um, they needed a teacher to take over their competition program. And she, she called me and asked me to come back. And, and I, I first told her no. I was like, I, I'm in New York. I'm, I'm a professional. Like, I'm, I'm working on this career. I don't think that I'm in the place to come back. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'll right. come for a month. I'll come back for a month and teach. And uh, I stepped foot in that studio. And I was like, I, I need to be here right now. This, this is where yeah. I need to be. So that turned into three years of of rebuilding the program and I and it was amazing and challenging in its own way and I learned a lot <laughs> you know I learned a lot of things that looking back now that I needed to learn to be able to do what I'm doing at this moment but being at the studio I I made the realization that I wasn't done with my performing career yet so right. another decision of I need to go back <laughs> right, right. put all of this work into you guys and I've put a lot of love and like time and I I need to go back I, I did I moved back to New York um, in July and I auditioned for Aladdin booked the show and now I'm leaving again I, I think I read in an article maybe it was the Greenville News uh, that I read it in that you booked the Aladdin tour and you were auditioning for the tour of Hamilton kind of all at the same time how did that work out yeah, so with auditioning for shows in general, um, there'll be a lot of different auditions within the same time frame. And I mean, just like with any other other job, you don't always want to put all your eggs in one basket. So you audition for a lot of different shows. Mm -hmm. And, you know, out of the 10 that you audition for, you'll get called back for two or three. So I was kind of auditioning for both of them the same time um, within the span of um, Hamilton I had actually gone in for uh, when they were at the public okay and, and also with working with them um, with Heights so they they would always bring me in with their workshops that they were doing just to like see if I was going to be a good fit for that what they needed at the time so yes I, I auditioned for Aladdin and I had booked the tour in September and about a month or so later they had uh, Hamilton came back to me and said are you available to go on tour <laughs> actually I I am not available to go on tour because I'm already going on tour so it, it's a very it was a very weird place to be awesome awesome right. weird place to be of I I went from knowing I needed to be back in New York, not knowing what I was going to do in New York, now that I've decided to be in New York, to having 
two of the top shows need to be in their shows. <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm like, what, what, what? That, that, what? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so it, it was, yes, it was a very, 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 very difficult to to say no to Hamilton. In my brain, I'm like, I'm the only person who can say no. I, I said no to Hamilton. I'm forever scorned. I'm, I'm, I'm next. I said no to Hamilton. They're never going to hire me again. <laughs> but yeah so I I'm very glad that I got to go work with the whole team at Aladdin as well like Casey Nikoloff the choreographer director for that one and he's just so amazing to work with and he is creating such amazing works right now too so to be a part of that family Mm -hmm. as well as the Hamilton family is uh, it, it truly is a blessing like the more the more people that you have in your in your wheelhouse Honestly, the better, you know, the more connections you make, the more family you have, you working hard for anybody and being, you know, a great person and a great person to work, work for, honestly, the best thing to do. And it worked out in the end because Hamilton <laughs> circled back around into your life. So. <laughs> yes, it, it definitely did. I mean, as soon as I saw the show, I knew I, was, I need to do that show. I, I need to be in that show. So you are a co-dance captain, swing and understudy in the Chicago company. Can you tell us a little bit about those positions and what your responsibilities are? Of course. As a co-dance captain, a dance captain's role in general is to maintain the choreography and the, the integrity of the choreography while the the show is running. So we will sit back and, and we'll watch notes. We will run rehearsals. It's our responsibility to teach incoming cast members choreography. Um, so we really maintain the the dance aspect. We, we call ourselves team dance <laughs> at the show. And it's really, it's awesome because we also have a supervisor, a dance supervisor there as well, because there are so many companies and within each company, things are done just a little bit differently, which is, which is normal with, with different people and different cast members. So having them there to kind of help negotiate everything and, and have someone that's my boss is, is very, very helpful for me. Sure. <laughs> I'm I'm learning all of my tracks. And as a swing, I understudy essentially all of the ensemble girl tracks in the show. So if one of them has to call out for an injury or they have a personal day, I and the other swings in the building will step in and perform for them that night. That's a lot to learn. You're learning everybody's part. Uh, I, I do. I do have a lot. So that includes their vocal tracks. That includes their blocking. That includes their choreography, their backstage traffic, um, their costume traffic. It, it is a lot of information to have in your brain. I, I have many tracking sheets for all of my different girls. What is the number? So what would be the number of tracks? I have um, five female ensemble tracks. And I also understudy Peggy, Skylar, and Mariah. So that puts my total at six tracks. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Six parts. Uh-huh. I, can't, I, I can barely handle one. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, I, I always have a moment before I go on stage of, I know nothing. I don't know anything. <laughs> nope, not in there. And then it happens. <laughs> now, have you gotten a chance to perform all the tracks? I, not all of my tracks yet. Uh, every track that I have learned, I have performed. So I have performed one, two, three tracks, and I am learning Peggy right now. So hopefully with maybe by Christmas, I'll have a Peggy debut. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> Carly, one of my favorite ensemble parts in Hamilton, I read a whole article on it, is the part of the bullet. Is that one of yours? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the bullet? For people who haven't read this article that I read, that particular part is pretty significant in the show. 
Yeah, well, that track actually takes on the role as the bullet. So she catches it on stage, and there is a beautiful choreography section. I think it's it's brilliant at the end of the, the show. I won't ruin it, where she catches the bullet, and Hamilton is... <laughs> Kind of reviewing his life and deciding whether or not he is going to take the duel or give it up, essentially. So it's really cool because she gets to be the deciding factor or the constant of the impending doom of what's coming towards him. And he has no choice but to take it or not to make the decision. He has no choice but to make the decision. It's cool. It's really interesting to to do because of what it is. I like it. I think it's really fun. (laughs) It's very symbolic. Yeah. Love those. Those those theatrical moments. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> well, there's so many in this show, really. I there's, know. There's, yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, Bruce and I have both now seen the show. I saw it in London, but we both also saw it this weekend and here in Greenville because the tour is here. We're in yeah. Hamilton fever right now because yeah. the tour is here. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it was so good to see. And it's cool for me to see uh, two different companies. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe I'll get the chance to come to Chicago and see your company. That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I would love that. That would be so cool. Well, you have been great in sharing all this with us. We've loved we're, we're loving sharing this stuff with our with our um, listeners and so on. And you've been so great to to join us. Oh, of course. I was so honored to talk to you guys. Thank you. Oh, this was great. Yeah. All right, you take care. T- give your mom a hug for us too. Yeah. And enjoy the rest of your evening. Well, thanks guys so much. Thank you. Bye. See you. Now listen to me. That may be how you perceive it. But Nina, please believe that when you find your way again, you're gonna change the world. And then we're all gonna brag and say we do. Well, that was a wonderful conversation and just so much information. I feel like we just barely scratched really the surface of it. And she has too. I mean, she says she's learning stuff every day. Mm. So it would almost be kind of cool to follow up with her in a a year or so and just kind of see how it's been, you know, and and how she's grown and what she's learned and, you know, what she's thinking now. Absolutely. Yeah, that was fascinating. That was a true insight into what it's like to be a performer in this Mm -hmm. kind of show yeah it is definitely not for the faint of heart no i don't think so again i think you gotta be young you know what i mean you gotta have that energy and you know i don't know but that's great it was really exciting though to to hear it from her you know directly it was it was Mm -hmm. great so moving on from Carly's show in Chicago, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about what's happening here in the upstate this weekend. Let's do. Another road in another show in Philly, Boston, or Baltimore. Opening this weekend, South Carolina Children's Theater in Greenville opens The Littlest Angel. It's a musical, opening Friday, December 14th, and continues with multiple performances on Saturday, December 15th. Newberry Community Players opens A Little House Christmas, Friday, December 14th, and runs through Sunday, December 16th. 
at Yance Community Theater in Fountain Inn for one night only on Sunday, December 16th, O Night Divine, an evening with Neil Patrick and friends. And continuing this week, Cafe and Then Some presents Unhinged Holidays, Tuesdays through Saturdays. Alchemy Comedy Theater offers improv and sketch comedy shows at various times at Coffee Underground in Greenville, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays on into January. Center Stage in Greenville continues its variety show, Laughing All the Way, Thursday, December 13th, and runs Thursdays through Sundays through December 22nd. The Warehouse Theater in Greenville continues its production of Christmas on the Rocks this Thursday the 13th and continuing through Sunday, December 23rd. Spartanburg Little Theater continues its holiday extra show, Every Christmas Story Ever Told, on Thursday, December 13th and runs through Saturday, December 15th. Greenville Little Theater continues It's a Wonderful Life on Thursday, December 13th and runs through December 16th. Oconee Community Theater in Seneca continues My Three Angels this Friday, December 14th, running through December 16th. Electric City Playhouse in Anderson presents A Christmas Carol radio play this Friday, December 14th, continuing Saturday and Sunday through December 16th. Yance Community Theater in Fountain Inn continues Yance Christmas Cabaret on Friday, December 14th and runs through Saturday, December 15th. The Peace Center in Greenville continues the run of the national tour of Hamilton this weekend. And <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And it runs through Sunday, December 16th, mm-hmm. if you can get a ticket. That's right. Market Theater in Anderson continues its run of Annie Thursday, December 13th, running through Sunday, December 16th. Milltown Players in Pelzer continues the musical review Forever Plaid, Plaid Tidings this Thursday, December 13th, and continues through the 16th. Foothills Playhouse in Easley returns on Thursday, December 13th with Elf Jr. and continues through Sunday, December 16th. Logos Theater in Taylor's presents a new musical version of A Christmas Carol Thursday, December 13th and performances continue Thursdays through Saturdays until December 22nd. Abbeville Opera House continues Alora Ingalls Wilder Christmas this Friday, December 14th and Saturday, December 15th. Check the individual organization's websites for more details on all these shows and events. So much happening in the Upstate this weekend. It's insane. It is. It continues to be insane. But it should really help you to get into the holiday spirit of things. So go catch some live theater. holiday season. Thespis will sprinkle a little joy by including holiday messages from our theater community in our episodes. You'll hear from playwrights and actors, theater companies and fans from the upstate of South Carolina and all around the world. If you would like to send a message to Thespis for a chance to be included in one of our episodes, go to speakpipe.com thespisg and record your holiday greeting. Please see our Facebook page for more details. This is Anna Abhow Elliott from Scrappy Shakespeare, Sparkle City Improv, and all that other stuff. Happy holidays, everybody. So we here at Thespis need to give a big shout out to Jay Kaufman at the mm, Spartan Yay, Jay! Thank you, Jay. <laughs> we, of course, were pelted by ice and snow this mm-hmm. weekend, and there are a lot of power outages That's in the right. state of South Carolina. 
And the studio we usually record from, Dick Stevens Photography Studio. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dick Stevens. Yes, thank you, Dick. Unfortunately, Dick Stevens lost his power. Yes. <laughs> So he's we a very, had. He's a powerful man, yeah. but he has no electricity at his studio <laughs> right. right now. <laughs> so Jay Kaufman was very, very gracious to allow us to uh, come here and to use the space, and it's been great. He, yeah. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. And his show is continuing this weekend. That's right. Every Christmas story ever told, and that's one of their holiday extras. So make sure you get out to Spartanburg Little Theater this weekend and see the show. Yeah, definitely. I definitely. hear wonderful things. I haven't got a chance to see it yet, but it's supposed to be hilarious. I'm so sure it is. That's, I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing it. I love those offbeat Christmas shows. So. Yeah, good times. Yeah, excellent. All right, then. Then follow. Hello there, theater people. We hope you are enjoying spending time in the green room. Want to stay updated? Like and follow Thespis in the Green Room on social media. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Thespis G. That's at sign Thespis G. T H E S P I S G. Want to support Thespis in the Green Room? If you like what you're hearing and want to encourage us to continue conversations in the Green Room, you can become a patron of the show. Visit our Patreon page. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Thespis G. And donate today. No amount is too small and every little bit helps. Patrons will receive special content and audio extras through our Patreon page. Check it out at patreon.com slash thespisg. Good night and thank you, whoever. We are grateful you found her a spot on the sound radio. We'll think of you every... Special thanks to Dick Stevens of Stevens Magic and Fun. He can be found on Facebook at Stevens Magic and Fun. Thespis would like to extend a big thank you to our fellow podcasters, Teddy and the Bassman, for their help and guidance. Listeners can find Teddy and the Baseman at teddyandthebaseman.podbean.com or through podcast players, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Thespis in the Green Room is a Courageous Crossings production. Music used in this podcast is licensed by ASCAP and BMI. Oh my God, enough! Now you listen to me! Mom got a hoe! I said enough! Well, I think that might be it for us. That's it? It's over already? I think, I think that's the end. Okay. Well, not the end end. Not the but, end end. But just the end for today. The end for today. End for today. We're going to go study Hamilton now. <laughs> that's right. I'm, I'm, I know. <laughs> I'm geared up to looking into it myself. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Shake it out. Mm -hmm. All right. Goodbye. Bye. You say. The price of my love is not a price that you're willing to pay You cry in your tea which you hurl in the sea when you see me go by Why so sad? Remember we made an arrangement when you went away Now you're making me mad Remember despite our estrangement I'm your man You'll be back Soon you'll see You'll remember you belong to me You'll be back Time will tell You'll remember
remember that I served you well Oceans rise, empires fall We have seen each other through it all And when push comes to shove I will send a fully armed battalion To remind you of my love Da-da-da-da-da 